Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Thursday. Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead blog, and I am joined by my friend 2,000 miles away, Angela Reed of ParisianFarmGirl.com. Blog. <laughs> blog. Thing. <laughs> blah, blah, blah's log blog. Is your microphone facing the right way? Yes, it is. Are all your switches flipped? All my switches are flipped. We're super professional, guys. I don't know if you knew that about us. We're not. We are excited to be here with you today. This is Homemaker Chic Podcast, and this is where we rescue the art of homemaking from the daily grind. Together, we encourage one another, we learn, we hear stories, we tell stories. It's a fabulous time here, I think. I, I'm pretty partial to it myself. <laughs> I'm sure many I'm, people have stopped listening over the, over the year, but that's okay. <laughs> I need a good laugh every once in a while. <laughs> you know, I actually thought about this, thinking about my family does this really awkward thing where we laugh at very inappropriate times. It's just sort of the way my family deals with things. So like yes. when, my, when my grandpa, for example, when he was dying, he <laughs> fell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, hang with me. Okay. He fell and he hit his head and he had been suffering from dementia for a while. It was pretty bad. Fell and hit his head. And, you know, they basically just kind of made him comfortable and mm-hmm. he died a few days later. Yeah. So we all come in and we're saying goodbye to him. And, you know, we're just telling stories about old grandpa and like if old grandpa could meet new grandpa because mm-hmm. he was such a hard cowboy, cowboy. sheriff kind of a guy mm-hmm. that he just would have been mortified to see new grandpa, you know, just tucked into bed like a little baby and totally helpless. Anyway, we laughed our way through it. And I know that that's not everybody's MO, but slight disclaimer, if I laugh about inappropriate things, it's my way of processing them. <laughs> yeah. And you got to, you got to laugh. How else are you going to get through what we're going through? I laugh about the worst stuff. It actually makes my children really uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, what? like, I, I, I can't tell. Like, oh. <laughs> my sister and I text back and forth and, and I just laugh. I laugh so hard. She triggers me. And my kids will say, oh, is Aunt Chelsea trying to kill you again? Because I have to get my <laughs> inhaler. Like, it's bad. And Joel, Joel laughs in the worst moments. And it really triggers my kids. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm sorry. I'm just so uncomfortable right now. I can't help it. <laughs> there's there's got to be my problem is, like, that. inappropriate things make me laugh. Like, yeah, really hard. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. I'm, it's. That's the body's response. Listen, there is an entire industry of stand-up comedians whose full job is to make people laugh because they're uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. We don't often laugh because it's super funny, although there are some comedians like that. But most of the time we laugh because we're very uncomfortable. We're very uncomfortable. You're kind of (laughs) clenching your butt cheeks like, is he talking about me? (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. And if you like, I just think. I know this sounds very cliche, but life really is short. Like you have to be able to laugh about tough things, man. Shake it off. Don't take things so seriously. Why are we talking about that? I don't know. I don't know. You started it. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. 
All right. Today's episode of Homemaker Chic Podcast is brought to you by our one and only American Blossom Linens. This is our go-to bedding company. I cannot wait until they start making amazing comforters. <laughs> I don't know if they're they going to do make that, but everything. I hope that they do. I'm like, Jan, they do need to make on. everything. Yeah, I think we have some treats in store next year. Just, just, just on the lowdown. All right, there's All a little R and D in process. Okay. okay, I'll take it because I'll tell you, I cleaned my girls' room yesterday again. All the podcast listeners who are here every week are like, "Oh, really? Surprise, surprise! Your girls' room was messy. Yes, it was. I changed their sheets. I washed them. I only have one set of twin sheets from American Blossom Linens. So Georgia got those, and Juliet got the little, you know." bargain bin sheets. And oh, the difference is just so, so incredible because American Blossom Linens really does go to amazing efforts. There's no dyes, no imported fabrics, Texas grown cotton comb to just use the very, very finest of the cotton, the short fiber to remove the short fibers and impurities. So what's left is a modern vintage sheet fit for a queen. So if you would like to get your hand on some of these sheets, use the promo promo code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 from American Blossom Linens and you can get a 20% discount off on your sheets. Gentlemen, this is what your lady wants for Christmas. I promise you. So ladies, send this episode to your husband. Make them at least listen to this part. Go visit them at AmericanBlossomLinens.com and turn your bedroom into an organic chic oasis. Um. I have like, this is silly. I have specific memories about sheet shopping. <laughs> it's so dumb. Mm-hmm. But when back where we used to live, uh, I would go to Kohl's for my sheets. And, you know, I, I hate that store. First of all, I start sweating in retail environments. Mm-hmm. Like I start perspiring. And mm-hmm. uh, I do. I hate that store. Like you can't. I always had a baby at the time and you can't put the like. Could never wedge the car seat down in the stroller once it almost fell off and everyone looked at me and it's just very awkward and uncomfortable. We redid our bedroom and I fell in love with this set of sheets and it was like $89. It was really expensive and they wore out like in six months. And by that point, the pattern was discontinued. Yeah. And I scoured eBay and Etsy and everywhere just trying to find these beautiful sheets and I just remember like, okay, every time I get attached to something, it's gone as far as bedding goes. <laughs> and I love the basicness. Point being, I love the basic, the basic American Blossom. Yes. They they have a good variety, but they're going to be there. They're going to last. They're not mm-hmm. going to wear out. Mm-hmm. I think men have like heel spurs, like a rooster, like <laughs> my boys, like they wear it down the sheets where their heels are. That might be do. a read thing. I don't know. I don't do that. Hmm. Okay. I remember one time feeling like a real adult because I was, it was when I was leaving for college, I had to get sheets for my dorm room mm-hmm. and I went to Target and they had a Jersey sheet set. And I was like, oh yeah, this sounds fancy. Jersey cotton or yeah. Jersey stretch Jersey or whatever stretch it is. Jersey. I remember it was when, not like, fancy <laughs> back in the day. I, I, I'm going to admit something here and some people Do it. are going to be shocked. I used to watch Oprah. <laughs> Did you? I did. Like 25 years ago, like as a new bride, I watched Oprah religiously. And then one day she ticked me off and that was the end of that. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) um, she, you know, she would do like her favorite things. I remember the once 
the once. I remember once she did um like flannel sheets and like everybody went berserk for flannel sheets. I thought I needed flannel sheets. I couldn't afford anything at the time. I felt really left out of the party. But my mom always told me like, look for the thread count, look for the thread count. And I can't tell you how many times I would buy sheets based on the thread count and then they just would be garbage six yeah. months later. Yeah. So I think I've had my American Blossom for six months. Yeah. And so they've passed the six month test in my yeah. book. Mine still looks so, great too. I don't know. Great. They don't seem to stain like others. And I'm not sure if that has to do with the way that the cotton is woven, but. <laughs> or I don't you're know. like, get off my bed. Yeah. Seriously. There's also that. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, today is, today's show is also brought to you by our Patreon page. So Shay and I and Homemaker Chic Podcast have set up a Patreon page that you can find at patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. And we did this because we know that some of you want to be a part of what we're doing a little bit more. So we have two levels that you can support the podcast on. And I'm very excited to announce that now for all patrons at any level, we have our new Discord server. And Shay and I, before we uh, hit the record button, we were joking about being boomers. Mm -hmm. Some of us are a little bit more boomerish than others. Mm -hmm. But Aiden helped us set it up and you lovely ladies are enjoying it. I keep getting notifications that you're talking and sharing recipes and talking about what you're having for dinner and your laundry and you're over there supporting each other. You're rescuing each other from the daily grind. And so I think that is fabulous. So over on patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast, join us. We have downloadable versions of our cookbooks, Shay's and mine. You can join us on the Discord server. I promise if I can figure it out, you can. <laughs> and you can visit with all of us throughout the week. And then quarterly for our fangirls, we hang out and we have a big party. So yes. check us out over there. Do that. Speaking of party. Speaking of party, let's cue that wine cue music. The wine music. I love this part of the podcast. The only part I don't love is when people email me and they're like, your pronunciation is terrible. And I'm like, I know, you guys. That's part of the shtick. I never claimed <laughs> it was anything but. <laughs> I read, uh, I had, I did a hot chocolate French chocolat show for YouTube this week. And um, I didn't have a Valrona, which is my favorite chocolate for that. But I had a German chocolate. And boy... Did I practice that German pronunciation? Mm. <laughs> like I Googled it and I listened to it over and over again and my ear just would not cooperate. It would not hear it all. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Some words are very hard. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. I, sp I said a word in English. I wish I could remember what it was. I said it last night and I was thinking if I didn't speak this language, that word would make no sense. I wish I could remember what it was. It was a good one. I'll think. I hear that sometimes. There's like a, there are usually groups of three, like a trio of words that we mush together mm -hmm. and they sound like something else. And if you were learning English, oh my goodness, that mm -hmm. would be brutal. Mm -hmm. It would be like, what you did ya? <laughs> you mean she bit ya? You didn't bring that truck, what you did ya? Um, okay. Go ahead. Mm -mm. No, fine. I'll do it. Oh, she always makes me do it. Um, do what? Ask me what I'm sipping. You didn't even talk about Dry Farm yet. Well, I'm very <laughs> excited. <laughs> okay, first, what are you sipping, Shay? 
Thank you, Dry Farm Wines, for sponsoring our wine segment. <laughs> I am sipping Notre Rouge. Notre Rouge. Notre Rouge. Notre Rouge. 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 Yeah, say it real fast. Notre Rouge. Notre Rouge. Notre Rouge. Yeah. Notre Rouge. There you go. This is a 2019 French red blend by Philippe E. A. Jay, I wish and. you could have seen your face. <laughs> How do you say and in French? A. A. See, it's a. E in Spanish. And so that's what my mind always goes to. Philippe A. Nicolas Vigneron. Vigneron. That means the winemaker. Vigneron. Okay, right. Yeah. That's not their last name. <laughs> See? See how sophisticated I am? Woo! Philippe A. Nicolas. How did you say that? Nicolas? Philippe et Nicolas Vigneron. Yeah. Philippe et Nicolas Vigneron. Vin de France. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> did not practice even. Can you believe it? So this is a French red blend. And I've noticed that dry farm wines in my delivery every month that I get delivered to my door. They're usually, I get the six white and the six red. And there's usually a couple of the reds that are a French red blend. And I was always taught as a very amateur wine drinker that you didn't really want blends. You wanted that like pure blood. Okay. You wanted just one variety, like the Merlot. Who told you that? I don't know. It's garbage. (laughs) It's just garbage. And so I loved when I did some more digging into why Dry Farm has some of these blends. Well, there's a reason. And it's because to meet their standard is very difficult. And most of these winemakers are making wines at a very small quantity. And so one of the ways that they are able to do this and to grow to these amazing purity standards, especially without irrigation, is to use different varieties of grapes that are going to be affected differently by that year, that vintage, as it were. So, for example, if your Merlot grapes go down the toilet because of some late rain or whatever, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> then you have something Frost, to make it Shay. up. Frost. Frost. <laughs> <laughs> you have something to make it up with. And it really does make these vintages so unique. And I've just found I've really fallen in love with the complexity of the French blends in particular. So this one, it's half drink. Let me take a little, take a little sip here. Yes, that was me popping. She's the gonna cork. do my pet peeve. She's gonna drink it from the bottle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is allowed, but I actually drank this wine with a lamb curry that I made, like a spiced kind of lamb curry. I don't know if that's allowed. That's what I did. And it's absolutely delicious. It's like red raspberries and cherries. What are the, could you please tell us? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. What the blend is. Because I mean, a Bordeaux is usually like a Cab Sauv and a Merlot and a Cabernet Franc. This is a Cab Franc, 70% Cab Franc. Okay. 25% Grolot, 5% Merlot. And where is the, does it say the So it's in the, it's in the Loire Valley. Mm. And I love their story. It's just these two friends who bought 12 hectares of land and just started making wine. Okay, I have a fantasy. Todd, Todd, can you hear me? (laughs) Todd, can you hear me? We'll send this to Todd. (laughs) 
I have 27 acres here <laughs> in Door <laughs> County. If you would like to find someone that wants to farm it, mm. and then we could become the first American dry farm vigneron. Vigneron. That sounds <laughs> because so Door good. Door County is a huge, I mean, we have a lot of vineyards up here. It's a big wine area, but, but no. But no, I know. So let's talk about why we drink dry farm wine and why, but no, on a lot of wineries. And this isn't to sound snobbish, but frankly, we put way too much effort into the way that we eat and the way that we reduce Mm -hmm. toxins in our home and in our food and what we put in our bodies. I don't like feeling bad. It's why I never drink to excess. Well, it's one of the reasons why I never drink to excess. I don't like feeling bad. I like to feel good. I like to feel tapped in. And the way that they make wine now with so much added yeast and so much added sugar, really high alcohol levels, it doesn't pair well uh, with a nice, healthy, thriving body. It's a, you're backpedaling. You're not doing your body any service. Dry farm wines are not that way. These are no garbage wines, low sugar, naturally yeasted, biodynamic, not irrigated, they're amazing. These are old school, old world wines. Old world. Mm-hmm. And um, we would love for you to check them out. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. If you do that and you go to that link, Dry Farms will send you an extra bottle with your first order, no matter what that is, for a penny just for being a homemaker chic listener. So make sure you use our special link, dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. You're past the point of being able to get it for Thanksgiving, I fear. We missed, you're now past the cutoff, but you could still have it for Christmas. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I got an email from them I just messed with my today. shopping cart this morning. Oh. Well, but by the time this airs, it'll be over. This, okay. Tomorrow. Okay. Um, <gasps> I have to tell you this. Okay. Somebody gave Joel a bottle of wine as a gift. I'm just going to assume they're not listening. <laughs> 15 and a half percent alcohol. Whoa. I looked at the bottle. That's like a liqueur. <laughs> Shay, it was like Vicks or, or NyQuil. NyQuil. Rather. I knew what you meant. NyQuil. Yeah. I actually took a sip and I gagged. It was it was just like tipping back on grandpa's cough medicine. I mean, yeah. it was unbelievable. Fifteen and a half percent. It's really that's hard when you get acclimated a to dry farm. A lot of sugar. I mm-hmm. mean, that's like that's a, a percentage and a half above you know, your average grocery store wine. Right. It was rough. Plus preservatives, plus additives, plus God knows so what kind of chemicals it, it and like dyes. It looked like a melted crayon. <laughs> That's disgusting. It was bad. And it had the consistency of a melted crayon, Gross. basically. Uh, well, if you guys do check out dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic, I want you to request this Notre Rouge um, in your first order, you can request bottles because it's like fresh raspberries and cherries. It's so fresh, fruity, fresh red fruit, like current, yummy. I love that type of red wine. But not and then sweet. use the hashtag, not sweet. No, 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 yeah. just fresh, Mm-mm. like a fresh berry. Um, and use the hashtag what I'm sipping. Tag us, tag Dry Farm Wines over on Instagram. We would love to see what you're enjoying. From your dry farms order. For sure. Oh, yeah. Dry farms. They pay attention to those hashtags. Yeah, they yeah, do. That means our I red. love it. Note rouge. Oh, there she Note goes again. Rouge. Well, With the cork. You don't have it's a called a glass. Stemware, Shay. <laughs> Ladies use stemware. I'm downstairs in my bed. <laughs> I'm drinking where okay. my kids can't see me. <laughs> 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 
I've taken one sip, ladies, I'm all day. I'm just giving you one sip. Manure. There she mm. goes. Okay. It is very good. Okay. Um, I want to, we have no idea what we're talking about, but I have we, something else. We don't else. have a plan. I want to talk about something. No. <laughs> okay. First, I want to talk about this. Okay. I know first season or second season of this podcast, we introduced you guys to Jamie Beck, the photographer from New York who lives in Paris or no, not Paris. Liberal. Okay. She lives in Provence. Mm -hmm. Um, She does what she calls, she started isolation, isolation creation back when France went on its first lockdown and she challenged herself. She's an incredibly skilled fine art photographer not like photographer like me like fine art photographer amazing editing skills and she started this series and i've shared with you guys some posters of work that i've purchased of hers that i just love today she did one and it's all i can do to stay in my seat like i was waiting for her to drop the link so I could buy it. I'm just like, post it, post it, post. I need this thing as soon as humanly possible. Did you see it? Hang on. I haven't seen. (sighs) Dead air. Shay. It's all I can do. No, you, first of all, on the phone this morning, you described it perfectly like the old school. Yes. Oil painting of foods. Yeah, of foods. There's a lot of like rabbits. You see them a lot with like whole rabbits. Lamb. Game. Game. Yeah, like or, game. or pigeons Pheasant. or. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. This is on. Actually, I mean, they all look like oil paintings. That's the. Yeah. Vibe. It's part of her editing. Yeah. That she does. So oh, let's describe this. It's a photograph. It's a platter. Of a platter. On linen. Mm-hmm. And very like a vignette so the edges are dark and peeled lemon yeah what looks like clusters of yellow tomatoes small ones they're actually grapes grapes Mm -hmm. okay which would make more sense and um like is it trout it's trout it looks like rainbow trout it's trout and it's like hanging over the edge of the plate yeah like it's gonna slip off any moment a bread (sighs) a cabbage a, a savoy cabbage yummy crusty cheese like it's got the cool dark the rind, rind on funky it rind and like the edge of a knife the hint of a knife it's all i can do i couldn't order this print fast enough i'm going to and i am very picky about what goes into my kitchen this oh, no, is this going is in my kitchen front and center really perfect for over kitchen. my counter mm-hmm. hanging on that wallpaper <sighs> it's just the most beautiful thing i've ever it's seen beautiful. and i just want you guys to go look at it this might not be the type of thing that completely inspires you like it does mm-hmm. me but Dang, if it isn't amazing to see somebody be like, you know what? I'm stuck inside. I think I'll just be creative. (laughs) And it's just so fun. And if you guys haven't checked out her feed in a while, just go look just for fun. Just she did a nude the other day, which I mean, you guys can discuss all day long what you think about nudes, but it was very tastefully done, very Renaissance feeling. And it was phenomenal. It was so beautiful. It might be, I suppose this may sound a little bit weird, but as a young woman, like my dad told me, he, he's like, the female body is beautiful. You're going to see it in art. Mm-hmm. You need to appreciate it. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I think as a, I was young, probably like 13, 
that sort of made me, it was kind of a, it took me off the hook in art museums. I just remember thinking, oh, I'm allowed to look at this piece of art like an adult because my dad said, Mm -hmm. this is a piece of art. Mm -hmm. Really interesting. Um, Yeah. I remember like where I was, we were standing in a grocery store. I don't, I, I was bizarre, bizarre memory, but the nude she did the other day is so stunning mm-hmm. and it is, it's very Renaissance and it's very, very tastefully um, done. We, uh, okay. I remember in high school learning about Rubens and the artist Rubens. So you can Google him if you don't know who I'm speaking of. Um, when Amelie was a baby and until she was about four, she was very, she was straight up fat. Okay. I mean, she had, you guys, let me just put it in perspective. Okay. She weighed 17 pounds at three months. Okay. I have a nephew that just turned one. I don't think he weighs 17 pounds yet. So she had like Michelin rings on steroids Mm -hmm. and we called them bracelets. And Aiden would say, I just love her bracelets. (laughs) It was, she was beautiful. I mean, you just could squeeze your fingers into her body like two inches deep. and. When she was, she looked, she potty trained really early. She taught herself to read at like three and a half. She spoke very early. And I remember very early saying to her one day, Amelie, you're so Rubenesque. <laughs> I'm not Rubenesque. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not Rubenesque. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite oh, memories sweet. ever. It's so sweet. But, but it's true. When you, when you do look at art, there's the female form but not like we think about it. It's no, we have, we're like, so tainted it's with shapely. Modern, like it's post playboy. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. hairy. It's shapely. It's rolly. Mm-hmm. It's dimply. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. And I love that Jamie captured that in a way, but in a modern photo. And if I didn't have young boys in the house, I would put it on my wall. Cause I think it's so pretty, but alas, pretty. you know, you I gotta, love the belly. And yeah. if you look at it, ladies, and you start to feel badly about your own form, yeah, I just would like to tell you, like, if you read the backstory on this, and I told Shaya, this is making me laugh, the breast that looks so uplifted and perky is because she's holding it up. Yeah, she's pushing it out and up. <laughs> it's there great. you go. She's a whiz, she's a, a whiz, she's a whiz at editing. <laughs> if she fabulous. could just come over and just hold mine up all day, out and up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that um, she captures these thoughts, but she but she always shows the backstory about how she makes them. And it's mm-hmm. like 18 different frames of photos smeared together to get the one compilation. So it's such a good reminder that no life doesn't actually look like this. This is completely 100 percent curated from an artist's mind. And that's no different than a painting. 100 percent right. curated from the artist's mind. She's just using a different medium. OK, that's not the, even the point of what I was going to talk about today. What I want to talk. I don't about. really know what the point was, but she never made dead trout look so good. I know. I just I can't wait for that to be in my kitchen. I I mean, goodness gracious, I, it just made give me all the all the feels, making my armpits sweaty. All just the feels. Thinking about it. Um, I know why I, I thought of that. <laughs> okay, so she always posts some fine art before she shows what she's going to create for the day. And she showed this post today that reminded me a bit about what you and I had talked about yesterday, which was, let me quote it 
particular. It's uh, Henry David Thoreau. And the quote is, Mm. our life is frittered away by detail. Simplify, simplify. (laughs) Um, So Angela and I actually haven't talked in many, many days. Um, But we finally connected yesterday. Well, I should just announce that I am alive. My husband was gone for eight days. Yes. So blah, 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 blah. Shut up and milked twice a day and made cheese and made 11 gallons of applesauce and kept people alive, including myself. And I bathed during those eight days. And I am here. All right. Fine. Get some you get sort a pass. Of a pat on the head. You get a pass. I don't need a pass. I just need to like. You're doing good great. Job, You're doing, You're doing great. great. Mm-hmm. I only so, ordered pizza once. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Anything else you want to say? Okay. Okay. No, I'm just tooting, porn tooting here. Just over here like, hey, Ange, you're just fabulous. Like, Well, I, in turn, sat down with my family yesterday and said, I am not going to die having wasted my life cleaning up all your garbage. It was a low point. That's a real conversation. It was a low point. But (laughs) it was it was a low point. It dawned on me. It's more like a reality check. It is. I want to be joyful in my service. Right. I do. That I pray Mm -hmm. for that. That Uh I will be, I understand my life for yours. This is my work. And that's fine. But monkey. But I also want to raise respectable, responsible adults whose mom doesn't coddle them to the point Mm -hmm. of destruction. No, it's it's a valid it it's a thing, Shay, because that is like a legitimate like keep you up in the middle of the night. I want to serve. I want to serve joyfully. Mama will do it. Thank you. What can mama do for you? I mean, I love serving my kids, but there's just like this fine like this needle. You know, if you've got like the 50% marker and you got one the pendulum is going one way and another or the needle all it takes is like one like tick mm-hmm. in the wrong direction and it is going downhill fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about raising functioning human beings who can spot an apple core on the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I sat my kids down while, while Joel was gone and I, I had a, I did, I had a meltdown. I cried. I'm like, you guys, like I, I am a human too. I have aspirations and things I would like to enjoy during the day. And I'm in the room with like my favorite people on the planet. I want to enjoy being with you. I want to enjoy your company. But when I start to feel bitter or I look around the house and it's just this big banner that says, mom will do it. That doesn't feel really good. And I try to take as much ownership for my baggage of it. And at the same time, be parental and say, Mm-hmm. But, but 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 right yeah mm, well i so had hard. this i had this idea yesterday in cleaning my kids' rooms which i don't even want to say how much i took out of them because people will be like well what do you do just buy your kids stuff all the time no i don't i don't i, I, I don't, don't buy my know kids anything. where it comes from <laughs> i don't buy my kids any i bought them new clothes the other day and i've been throwing away anything that's stained or has holes in it so I did mm-hmm. do that. 
but it's just, it's just stuff, you know? And, um, I want my kids to have, to be able to enjoy stuff. That's a great blessing. Mm -hmm. But I had this thought, have I given them too much? Do they have too much? Do they have too much to try to keep straight? Do they have too much to be responsible for? Are they not up to the task? Because their rooms are very, there is a spot for everything. They're organized. They've got their dresser. Like I've done that work. And yet it's still, it's just disastrous. And, um, and they clean them. They clean them every day. They make their beds. It's mm-hmm. still disastrous. Mm-hmm. And so, for, so it just it- hit me over the head. Like what, what, okay. Ma Ingalls had kids. Okay. I knew we were going there. I, know. I knew we were going there. I know. Tin cup, yes. pencil, penny, yep. candy cane. I pulled two Ugh. full, big gallon size Ziploc bags of crayons, pens, pencils, and markers out of their bedrooms. From under beds, under pillows, stuck in clothing drawers. And I just thought, if you had one pencil, <laughs> you'd probably appreciate that pencil more. Like, I think they, it just... I think they have too much to be responsible for. So you know what I did? I took a bunch of stuff out. I made it come down into the public, you know, throwdown room of our basement for now. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure where it'll land mm-hmm. forever. I took George's desk out of her room. I took her desk out because it's such a point of contention because she just piles a bunch of papers and books and magazines and cardboard cutouts and this and that on there. All fine things. Mm-hmm. But... We also live in a day and age where like a single seven-year-old can go through a 200 thing of paper in a couple days. And you're thinking the computer paper. I, that was part of my rant. I'm like, you guys, if you're going to take computer paper to draw, take two pieces, not 42. Yeah. Cause then they're on the coffee table and then they're on my desk and then they're on the kitchen counter and I'm looking at it cause I'm a sentimental sap. And I'm like, is this precious? Is this precious? (laughs) Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, the only conclusion I can come to is that they have too much to the point that they don't, they're not being taught how to cherish what they have. They have, you know, 15 stuffies and all these clothes and shoes and toys and markers and, you know, name it. You, at the same time, you're like, okay, I mean, Okay, everybody can just just get a big salt block for what I'm about to say. Okay? Um, like, I would say that you and I aren't, like, maybe... <laughs> so that's just called self-censoring, ladies. Uh, I'm trying. It's something we've me. learned Forgive that we need to advance. do. <laughs> Forgive me in advance. Typical, maybe suburban, I don't know what category, I don't know what sort of umbrella <laughs> I'm saying. But, you know, like, we don't do, like piles of gifts under the christmas tree and buy Mm -mm. something every we go out we don't go shopping out of boredom i don't think a lot of our listeners do either again like okay please i'm sorry you get what i'm saying like we are people that try to show reserve as far as being contributors and not consumers yes and it hardly freaking matters yeah it hardly makes a difference like Ah, yes. I I mean, I just resonate with everything you're saying because I look around and I, I go, but this whole time I've been trying to hold in the reins and keep it all together. But I, oh, excuse me. I hit the mic. Um, 
I think there's something to to that just the aspect of they can't even handle that much. They can't. They, and not to their not because they're bad, but because it's just too much. Because they're immature. Because and, they're immature. Yeah. Yeah. And, and naturally immature, not bad immature. No, just naturally. they're young. <laughs> they're they young. don't have yeah. the maturity to do that. Most adults don't have the maturity to do that. That's why clothes end up on your closet floor and not on hangers. Exactly. We have too many. Exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of freeing in a way to be like, we don't need all this stuff. And and I'm not a minimalist at all. I, I like no my minimalist. stuff. Yeah. But I don't want to waste my life picking it up. Yeah. I don't want to. And so well, I have just decided I, I'm going to wham the hammer and we're just going to start with the kids' bedrooms. And I don't know exactly where this will go, but I just took a bunch of stuff out. I took half of their stuff out. And we're just like, let's see if we can do this. And if we can't do that, then we'll take some more out. And then we'll see how we do with that. But it also reminded me about Lisa, what Lisa Boone was talking about, about how she's got like, you know, a few outfits. Just mm-hmm. like three. That's it. I get it. Yeah, again, like I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Because I love fashion. And like on Christmas Day, like last year for Christmas, I pulled out my vintage opera length coat and my chandelier earrings and velvet pants that I've had for 15 years. And like, I'm not going to like put that in a garbage bag for mm-hmm. the sake of whatever. But I don't at the same time, a lot of my clothing is very old. I don't go to the mall and just like buy new stuff every every weekend. Like I used to live in Chicagoland and you would go to the mall and people would just be like walking around. With stuff you knew they were charging, just heavy laden every weekend. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I have probably three or four times as many clothes as you do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because. Um, it's not the stuff. It's the management of the stuff. Because yeah. because that becomes a habit. It becomes a mindset. It becomes a crutch. It becomes a, um, a burden. And... When it got to the point where I was like, I am heavily burdened by this. It just it begs the question, like, then how do we not do that? How do we alleviate this burden? And I am not pretending to have the answers here. I am. I am just sorting through this. Also, chat, pretty bad timing because Christmas is coming. And like, we are not a big Christmas family. We do four gifts Mm -hmm. per kid. Something you want, something you need, something to wear, mm-hmm. and something to read. And we try to be, if we're going to buy you something to wear, we're going to try to buy a nice something that will last. A good book. No twaddle here. You know, mm-hmm. we try to be very thoughtful. But then, you know, granddad sends something and then papa brings something and grandly gets something. And then, you know, such and such brings this. And it just explodes. And I, I have anxiety just <laughs> thinking about it. Speaking of exploding, last year, earlier this year, my mom, okay, you know, miss my favorite color is glitter. My mom gave her a quart size jar of silver glitter. I'm like, mom, why did you do that to me? Like, have you no mercy? Sure enough, it spilled all over the schoolroom floor the other day. Yeah. In water, someone decided to mix water in it. 
Yeah. It's, I just want to light a match. I know. I do. I wish that um, my big burden right now is our basement. It is rough. I mean, yeah. When you're really unequally rough. yoked <laughs> in the organization department, <laughs> if you quim, <laughs> uh, it's tough. And it's just, you know, that's where they hang out. It's the kid cave. I don't hardly ever, ever, ever go down there except to get food out of the freezer. And mm-hmm. somebody's got to mm-hmm. make it stop. Mm-hmm. It's tough. And I it don't know about tough. you, but like when the behind the scenes is messy, yeah. it makes me, it makes my brain feel cluttered. Like if my laundry room's tidy, yeah. I have more mental space. If the garage is tidy, I can think clear. Oh, massively it's so. It's the behind the scenes It's the behind stuff. the scenes like, It's like an inside out yes. kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, I can handle the every, like I know how to slam out a clean kitchen. Yeah, like that's like, of course, dirt. Yeah, but. That's going to happen three times a day. Exactly. Yeah. But, it, you know, the kids' rooms, we've been so busy with work and with the farm that I haven't gone in there to do my normal, like real mom deep clean that I do once a mm-hmm. week. Um, so they've just gotten pretty, pretty rancid. And I don't know. And I wish that I did because I'm sure the listeners are being like, hey, aren't you supposed to like help us and not just tell us about all your problems? <laughs> Come on. Come on. I want to do. I want to do better in all this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be throwing away garbage bags full of crap. Like, I don't want to be putting that kind of stuff in the landfill. I don't want it. I don't want the plastic made in China garbage. I don't want it. I don't know how it gets here. It just, I don't, I really don't know how quite to Hmm. grab this by the horns and just make it happen. I think, I mean, I, you know, my friend Rosemary, she would say the same thing. Like it just all breeds. Like you, you're standing at the door, like trying to prohibit things coming in. It's like you obviously, you know, we have to take personal responsibility as mothers for what they have and the way their rooms look. But it is a little bit disheartening when you turn around and you think, but wait a minute. Yeah. I've been trying the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. It's like it's like Lisa talked about, like you could have all these beautiful clothes for your kids. And then Mm -hmm. when you get ready to go to church, they'll put on the one that has, you know, spaghetti stains and holes and a dirty ring around the neck. That's the one they'll choose if it's there. I've sent my children to church in mismatched Mary Janes before. <laughs> we had purple and hot pink. One day, yeah. all we could find was one of each. I was like, rock it. Oh, that's, what, that's what we got We're going on. <laughs> <laughs> we had outdoor church this summer. Junior couldn't find shoes. I'm like, hey, it's outdoor church. <laughs> like, I, I give up. Yeah. Let's just go worship. Yeah. I'm done here. Yeah. Well, and that actually brings up Another point is that there is a functionality to, I mean, there's a reason that cleanliness is next to godliness. There's a reason that's a saying, because when things are clean, when they're organized, when you're not burdened by your stuff mentally or physically, Mm -hmm. you are able to give your attention to much more important things, you know? And so I think Sunday morning is the perfect example because when we're on, which we're not always, but when we're on, we make all the kids put their clothes out for Sunday, Saturday night. Shoes, socks, mm-hmm. underwear, Saturday clothes. Night. You got it all mm-hmm. out because there is you nothing that makes made, me an egg bake or yeah. something. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that makes me more unholy on Sunday morning than trying to find shoes in a dirty bedroom 
you know, when some kids left them out in the no, orchard. No, you're ready for a divorce by the time you pull down the driveway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not bad. good. Yeah, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things like if you don't control your stuff, your stuff will ultimately control you. Right. And I'd like, I'm not interested in being the victim of my house. No. Or my kids. No. Or life. Well, the people who live like, here. Yeah. And I think like that's even the point of a conversation like this is like, okay, you're going to like vent. You're going to have a girlfriend. We have girlfriends listening. And then I, you know, you're going to shake it off. I'm, I don't care for a victim mentality. I'm no victim. So I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to be happy to know that other people are in the trenches. They're in the daily grind with me. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take ownership Mm -hmm. for what we can. Right. And especially, like you said, before the holidays. Yeah. So that this mm. is where it's I've kind of landed. Uh, We need less because this feels like one versus five. A bit. Oh, yeah. Um, For sure. And so we need less because one can't manage six people's stuff. Um, and so that's going to be part of it. The other part is I, I kind of just got honest with myself and I sat down with my journal and I was like, what are those behind the scenes things that when those are in order, you're fine. You can handle the bumps in the road that come every day. Um, and what were they? Laundry. Okay. Like you said, when my laundry room's organized, I'm up to date on my ironing. Everyone has clean clothes. Mm-hmm. I am light years away i'm I'm so much nicer i'm so much calmer um that's a big one the other one is so this seems so stupid but it's true <laughs> so less stuff laundry um I, i've been trying to sit down the night before and just write out the next day so that i'm sort of prepared for what's coming and and that really helps like you are going to do two loads of laundry because if i write it on my list I will do it. Um, But another one was taking meat out of the freezer. Like if I have defrosted meat. (laughs) Like I told you I can during the Lisa interview when she when I heard her say that a few years ago, I just sat back like, well, I'll be. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be. (laughs) I know. So so dumb. It does. I do think. But but. I do think that's what homemaking is all about. We all have these little moves that we do that are not a big deal to us. That's probably a no brainer for her. She probably never had to think about that. That little move. Yeah. Wish everybody could see me dancing. But then we hear each other's little moves and we go, oh, shoot, I can do that. Yes. And it just, it changes things. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yes. So this is a it's a stupid thing. But like I I have been really trying to just remember Sunday, you go up to the the freezers, which we keep in our barn, go up there, get a giant bin full of your meat or your berries or any of the other things we freeze. Hello. Like my kids love it when I pour hot water over berries in the morning. Yeah, those honestly, like those were the two biggest things on my list. Mm. I also had a stack of receipts I needed to file and just bills. And it was like the money was there to pay them. I just like I am the worst at bookkeeping, budgeting numbers. I used to be so good. Like you could have been like, how much did you pay for those pants four and a half years ago? I would have been able to tell you. 
And now I'm like, am I even in the right atmosphere of what's happening like in my bank account? I don't know. But but um, again, money is another one of those things. Like if you're not in charge of it, it's in charge of you. And mm-hmm. I believe that firmly from all of our money experiences over the years. It's in charge of running away from you. Exactly. Exactly. And so I don't know what, what are those things for you? Uh, well, it's the behind the scenes, like I said. I mean, my closet in particular, there's things I don't really have control of. I I am not going to manage the garage and the basement, but I'll complain about it. <laughs> um, That's, yeah. yeah. Truth be told. Um, getting me out, really just knowing what I'm going to... A half step ahead. I'm going to... Half step a, ahead. A half step ahead of food. I get very stressed out when I don't know what I'm going to make for food. I do too. Like super. Yeah. It's almost like irrational. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know why that just makes me feel very, I feel very strong and capable and coordinated when I know what I'm going to feed my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's hardly a better feeling than at the end of the day when you've been, when you've actually brought it, you know, you're like, I had lunch. We didn't just eat a bag of chips. Like, I had dinner planned ahead and it was good because I knew we were going to be filming. And so I had it in the, the oven doing this. It's mm-hmm. like you feel like you aced your day, even yeah. if you got nothing else done. Yeah, it's just sort of being like a little bit ahead. Yes, there's a loaf of bread. Yes, there's yogurt in the dehydrator. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I wish I was better at those things. <laughs> I do. I've been through this routine so many times. I know that I will make some progress from this and then I'll eventually backslide and then I'll make some more progress and then I'll backslide. Like this is the cycle I run with myself. Well, it's not just you though. And that's, I just want to say that again, like I've said this before, being, being the older, wiser to any of the young moms listening, like this is not, this is not about arriving. Yeah. Because life happens. Someone gets the flu. Or you get your period and you're like, I just can't get up today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you know, the last month your cow had mastitis. You have to factor in all the wild cards. Yeah. And you have to look at yourself in the mirror with a colossal amount of grace that you are a work in progress. And it actually doesn't mean you're going to arrive. It is not about arriving. And mm-hmm. I'm a super goal oriented, ori- oriented, 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 oriented <laughs> uh, person. <laughs> um, it's arriving is very important to me. And so I have to constantly give myself just a huge measure of grace, mm-hmm. whether my mic is backwards when, when we're recording or I forget to get out me and the whole day is botched for the menu. Mm hmm. Tomorrow is another day mm-hmm. and um, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're rescuing the art. We're fine tuning. We always talk about skilling up on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's very important, but skilling up doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean the arrival of perfection that someday you will be the ultimate homemaker. Yeah. And I think that's a really good thing for our children to see. Like, look, here's mom, here's mom serving the family. Here's mom you know, fine tuning and tweaking and trying to get better and showing fortitude and showing grace, like all the things that we forget that we are showing our kids while we ourselves are in process, Mm -hmm. I think is Mm -hmm. easy. Really, It's very easy to forget. Mm -hmm. 
We've been recently watching, and I've been wanting to talk to you about this, but we've been recently watching that Netflix series called The Last Dance about the 90s Chicago Bulls team. Like, you were in Chicago during the 90s. I, no, I was at the game. Okay. I was at the last shot. Like, I partied in the streets of Chicago. Like, we. I figured drove, you did. Before rioting, like, yeah. we drove down this and we, like, high fived each other out of sunroofs and everything. Yeah. Was I figured that you you did. That's yeah, what I've been yeah, wanting to talk to you about. Like, fabulous. Great memories. I grew up in bull, <laughs> the bull era, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Even if BJ you, even and, if you weren't an athlete. Scotty Pippen. And, yeah. Like, yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. It was the Chicago Bulls. Like, it was a, it was a, it was mm-hmm. a cultural thing in the 90s. It was. And, it was um, Anyway, so they talked about what made Michael Jordan. I mean, it's a 10 episode series. It's incredibly well done. I really, really enjoyed it. And I am Mm. not even a sports person, but I loved it. And they talked about his ability to um, to not think back to mistakes that he had made or games that they had lost and not be thinking so far into the future that he was just crippled with anxiety like. What if I miss the shot? Mm. You know, we've got 10 seconds left. So and what if I miss the shot? Staying right, staying right just in stayed, a sweet spot mentally. Stayed in the sweet spot mentally. Oh, and there were okay. like, and you know, the person that was talking about this was saying, I've never met anybody who is so present right now. Like right now, not thinking about, oh my gosh, well, what if we lose this? And then this happens. And then he's so crippled with anxiety that he can't even play. He can't mm-hmm. move forward. Um, and also not so burdened by the past that he lets that affect his performance. And I just was like, how is this applicable to the homemaker? Because dang it, if I wouldn't like to get better at that, because being in the present as a homemaker means that you are a half step ahead. That mm-hmm. That is presence. So like when I want to conk out at night and go lay in the bath and sit by the fire and browse Instagram or something silly... Instead, I know that being fully present right now means I'm actually going to make that oatmeal bake. I'm going to put it in the oven so it's all ready to go in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm going to finish cleaning my kitchen. I'm going to shave my legs or whatever. I'm going to do the things that help me to not get to that point of just crippled overwhelm. You know what I mean? Like, how Mm -hmm. how do we how do we be fully present as homemakers like that? It's just stay in that spot. Yeah. Uh, how? Tell me how. I need your help. I, I help wish me. This is an ad lib conversation, woman. <laughs> <laughs> I I just loved that. I, I loved that part of the show. And they said, well, does it ever do you ever get worried about, you know, taking that when you've got point three seconds left and it's the championship game or whatever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, why would I worry about a shot I haven't taken yet? Oh, my gosh. And to him, it was just completely logical. Like, I haven't missed the shot yet. Why would I worry about that? <laughs> That's fantastic. I think one of those last games, he even played with the stomach flu. He did. Food like, poisoning. He played it with the stomach flu. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we, the last, okay, so this is right before he retired. Like, I went to the ring ceremony after he retired. And I was at the last game, but we were at the Bulls Stadium. And watching it on the screens because mm-hmm. they didn't win at home. Mm-hmm. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. That last shot. Oh, yeah. I know. It was just so good. And I and I wow. kind of been kicking that around in my brain this week. Just like be present. 
like mm-hmm. make the most of, I know this sounds so cliche and I don't mean it. No, that, but, it's okay. But make the it's most okay. of right now. So here you are, you got to make dinner and the yeah. kitchen's a mess and maybe the kids are a little sour because mom's been in the basement recording a podcast instead of giving them mm-hmm. attention. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And maybe you forgot to take meat out or, you know, take your pick. Maybe there's laundry on the kitchen table. Um, how do we look at that moment and say, well, I'm not going to have anxiety for what I did because that's already done. Um, the damage is here. here. Here's where we're mm-hmm. at. Here's the situation. Um, right. I'm not going to be anxious about the future because what I do now will affect that. So I'm I'm literally thinking out loud here. Maybe that's one of those moments where you put the music on. And you, you know, bring out a Pellegrino for the kids and put it in fancy glasses and you mm-hmm. try to rally the troops or you make lentil soup. You know, you just you deal with it. You don't freak but, out. But, you just but deal with but it. But you're doing what you said a minute ago. You're making the most of it. And it's I think it's a very when you get to that position. I think what it is, it's something that really speaks to my heart. It's as much as I'm a fantasy and it's a very pragmatic approach to the moment. Because you can't undo anything. Pragmatism doesn't look back. Yeah. And pragmatism doesn't look forward. Pragmatism looks like right here, right now. What can I do right now? Corny Outlander reference. This is one of my favorite things about Claire. Mm -hmm. She is so pragmatic. Mm -hmm. I love it. I was thinking Stuart. Stuart's the same way. He'll be like, well, here we are. Do you, do you need me to go get tacos? Like, could we just have scrambled eggs? And I'm like, oh, no, but that's not. I wanted to make a terrine or something stupid. I know, but that's when you're factoring in the emotion and the pride and the whatever. But when you like pragmatically yes. look at something, what can I do right now? I can get out of fancy stemware and make yeah. the children feel good because mom's been recording a podcast. I can put lentils yeah. on because they're easy and they're hearty and they're nutritious mm-hmm. and it's not a lot of cleanup. And, uh, you know, hello, my identity isn't wrapped up in this moment because yeah. I have more value than that. Yeah, yeah. exactly mm. that. It's a it's a death to self. But but I like that idea of it because I'm like you like I man, I can wallow there in that pit for quite a while. Well, I've been downstairs working and I thought I'd. You know, I come upstairs and da, 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 da. woe is me. Mm-hmm. It's gross, you mm-hmm. guys. It's gross. Um, <laughs> I love, I love that kind of clicking into that mindset. I feel like that could be a podcast season theme. Mm. That sounds like a good New Year's mm, thing. It little, does. A little fresh start action there. Inspired by <laughs> MJ. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> It, I got to tell you, sidebar, uh, it's all I could. I mean, I, I couldn't almost bear watching this series because it hurt my heart in a beautiful, nostalgic way for the 90s. God bless the 90s. I just that was a special pocket, girlfriend. Let me tell you, it, like the fonts. The clothes, the, the music. haircuts, the music, the photography, yep. like it, <laughs> it brought it all back. And I just, oh my gosh. Whoop, there it is. I, yeah. <laughs> I used to make fun of my parents, you know, and they would listen to their music from back in their kind of pocket of time and, or just talk about events that happened mm-hmm. back there. And it's like here I'm talking about the Chicago Bulls 23 years later and just being like, 
let's talk about this because it was special. You know, I remember we would play basketball with our neighborhood and it was like everyone was someone from the Bulls team. And and we did the same thing with like when the Olympics with Tanya Harding and Nancy Mm -hmm. Kerrigan. Nancy Kerrigan. (laughs) I beat you with a crowbar. (laughs) And we would like put on these, you know, figure skate kind of things on our rollerblades. And we would sing Whitney Houston. (laughs) So much Whitney Houston. And oh, my goodness. It just it's just sweet. What a special time. Holla to all my 90s babies out there. Well, actually, 80s babies. Growing up in the I was 90s. Gonna say, like, what, like I, I can't even. Are we having this conversation? How old were you? I was young. When the Bulls won? No, I was young. I was 10, uh, 11. Yeah. <laughs> but a super impressionable period of your time where, see, that's what's True. funny is like, True. I would see something and I wouldn't remember it. I couldn't have told you about it, but forever. Forever. Until. But then it, I uh-huh. saw it and I was like, it was like a trigger. It was like a, a little vault opening in my brain. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. I remember that ESPN guy. You know, what's funny. (laughs) That's how I feel about the 80s, because I like early 80s. I was not really connected pop culture. Yeah. Wise. Yeah. As you know, Beat It came out. I was six. Yeah. Thriller. I I don't know. Like Christian family. I wasn't allowed to listen to that, Mm -hmm. you know. And then as I got older, I'm like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. this has like a lot of warm, fuzzy. That was my childhood connotations you know i know yeah it's kind of special because you really, don't remember until it's you don't, there yeah yeah and you know it's funny because i've always thought could you could your mind really suppress something to the point you don't remember but you do remember for sure and yeah. oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. for sure it yeah it it was really special you should watch it i will you um, like it. what we do need to remember is tomorrow is ultra feminine Friday. Yes. So show us your best three point shot. <laughs> Hashtag ultra feminine Friday. Yes. <laughs> Do that over on Instagram. Show us. <laughs> yes. Over on Instagram. We are um, plowing towards a uh, 10,000 followers on the Instagram Sweet. feed. It's a little, little crazy. We get to Instagram gives us little perks, no pressure. <laughs> so go over and follow us so we can get to 10,000. And then it's like Jerry Maguire, help me, help you, help me, help you. Okay. So show us some love with the hashtag ultra feminine Friday. We would love to see what you're making for dinner this weekend with the hashtag what I'm sipping. What beverage have you chosen to complement your meal? Mm-hmm. Shay, what do you have going on over on the YouTube? The YouTube. The YouTube. Um, let's see. So we're doing hopefully two. We just put one up about shopping our root cellar. People are always very confused about like how you eat food from your root cellar. I, I don't quite get it, but I'm trying to understand it so I can help people understand. <laughs> I uh, I did like what we ate for fall last week. And the whole time I did like I was speaking, there's just this pile of moldy cabbages behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for the why do you have moldy food? And yeah, seriously, <laughs> in your refrigerator, yeah, some of that. And then I'm hoping mm-hmm. to kind of. Just really do. We're shutting down the gardens pretty significantly. Marseille is coming on Friday to help me put the last of my bulbs in. Everything's getting composted. And even though we're heading into winter, I am biting off that garden project. I'm building an entirely new market garden. I'm doing it now. And anyway, so we're going to share some of that as well. Some garden beauty. Seasonal garden beauty. Yes. What about you? You had the hot chocolate. 
chocolat show. I had hot chocolate chocolat show on Tuesday. And then today uh, is some serious, hardcore turkey feathers and all tablescaping inspiration for your Thanksgiving table. How festive. I'm going to go straight up woodland this year and I'm taking my kids Mm. up into the forest and cutting mossy branches and mushrooms and just getting it. All the Just dirty. I want bugs to be crawling out over the... It's going to be so alive. (laughs) (laughs) It's a living centerpiece. Yes. Oh my goodness. Anyway, all right. Well, guess we better go make dinner, eh? Uh, I have to go milk in the dark unless someone did it for me. You're hoping I'm, somebody I'm, did it for you. Don't I'm, be disappointed. I'm behind me, it's so dark. So <laughs> don't be disappointed. Okay. Live in the now. All right, ladies. Thanks for joining us. Uh, be sure to follow us over on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast. Do support our sponsors, American Blossom Linens. Use the coupon code Homemaker Chic twenty. We'll put a link to that in the show notes below. And make sure you go and visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash Homemaker Chic. Just Homemaker Chic. <laughs> Forward it's slash Homemaker Chic. Homemaker yes, Chic. Yes, do that. And it's patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic podcast. So much information. To hop on our Discord call <laughs> and all the things. All the things. All the things. Yes. Thanks for being here. Yeah. And we'll chat to you on Monday. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>